Well, good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast of the Time Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Friday, September 15th, 2023. And our top story today, developing a healthy attitude about aging. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Sandy Cohen is a health and wellness coach, a writer, and a podcaster. Sandy, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And we're going to talk a little bit about developing a healthy attitude about aging, but I, I want to kind of, maybe as a baseline, what do, what do Americans in particular think about aging? Do they have a negative connotation and, and has that, or a positive connotation, and has that changed over time? I think it might be changing, but I think in general, it may be more negative here than in some of the places such as like the blue zones, which have been written about. These are the places where folks live the longest and healthiest. And you see the elderly integrated into society in a way we don't typically do here. You know, oftentimes people go to assisted living and things like that. You don't see the multi-generational homes here the way uh, you might see in some of these other countries. But I do think it's changing. I mean, we have evidence in that Martha Stewart's on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue at 81. You know, we have um, older people running for, for president. and we are seeing some of these biases or old attitudes break down, but I think for the most part, we, we still have a ways to go. I think aging is still something we think of like, ooh, I'd rather not, rather than like, yay, can't wait. Yeah, a, a really good point there. I mean, um, look, I, I, I'm in my 50s and I, I see it as a good thing, experience, knowledge, and and, Look, I think I have a ways to go, especially with technology and healthcare the way it is. How do we change our attitude? Does it start with changing our personal attitude, the way that we personally think about it? And if we change the way we think about it, it will impact those around us? I think it's both. I mean, I do think that it'd be nice to see a greater acceptance of aging and embrace of aging in society. But when it comes to our own health and our own vitality going forward, yes, it is an internal job. It's an inside job. And we begin to change our attitude about aging. One way I think can be, well, there's a few things. It's helpful to know that we have been steeped in ageist attitudes our entire life. Like imagine those childhood stories where it's like an old nasty witch, you know, like we see old as kind of scary or undesirable and, and that's just a pervasive social attitude. So when we recognize that, oh, okay, I might have some biases that I've picked up over the years in this area, but the science is overwhelming when it comes to the effect that having a good attitude about our aging selves, the, the effect that that has on our well-being. So there's a couple of scientists who've been doing a lot of work in this area including Yale researcher Becca Levy and Harvard researcher Ellen Langer. And they're finding that attitude, how we feel about it, like whether we feel our best days are behind us or there's still like a lot of fun ahead or a lot of good things we can do ahead, that actually affects the length of your life. So um, Dr. Levy's research found that having a positive attitude about aging leads to 
seven and a half years longer life. And that's even when controlling for disease and other circumstances. So having that positive attitude is really, really valuable. It translates to more years. And the other research I mentioned, Dr. Langer has found that putting ourselves in a scenario or at least putting ourselves in a mental scenario where we believe that age does not determine our vitality, our brain power, our strength, actually leads to us being stronger, more vital, more cognitively sharp. She did a study where she put 79-year-olds, 79 and 80-year-olds in a setting that was retrofitted to look like it was 20 years earlier. And these men, after one week in this setting, had stronger grip strength, had better vision, better hearing, better posture, after a week of sort of believing that they were 20 years younger. So it's so powerful. And to me, just knowing how powerful that is and knowing that we're basically in charge of our own attitude is all the incentive I need to practice it. Yeah, and, and look, let's let's face it, America, just like so many other societies around the world, is aging. Um, we're gonna have more older people. The birth rate is not really kept up, not, not just here in the US, but also in places like Japan, China, Europe. Um, so the, the world is aging, and, and could that lead to a reframing of aging. If those around you are aging, but they're taking care of themselves and they don't, you know, they're they're working out or they're doing some form of workout and they're thinking positively, couldn't that really reframe the whole ageism and aging debate? I think you're right. I mean, as we see more examples of people who are vital, who are doing awesome things, who are excited about their own lives, as we see that around us, we can become less afraid of like becoming like that craggly old witch. I mean, I think of like Diana Nyad, the swimmer who who swam from Cuba to Florida. And, you know, she had tried multiple times over the decades, like she had tried in her 20s, and she achieved it in her 60s. And that is just so inspiring. And that's just one person. And, you know, we have these examples that I think are going to help us here in this country in particular, where we've got these ageist attitudes, I think that will help us to see our older years as a time of possibility. And hey, look, like we've built wisdom. I'm in my 50s too. And we've built wisdom over these decades we've been on the planet. Like we can actually use that going forward to lead a really rich life. Well, Sandy, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about changing and reframing aging. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. 
the Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're going to change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Invesco's latest Show Me the Income study reflects on the evolving retirement industry today as it faces the pressing need to help participants turn their defined contribution plan savings into long-term retirement income. Key findings from the research uncover that nearly 7 in 10 participants fear running out of money in retirement. And only 22% were very confident they could create a retirement income strategy on their own. What can employers do to help? To learn more about the study and request the white paper, visit Invesco.com slash retirement income or contact your Invesco DC professional. Cited research is based on Invesco's work with Greenwald Research. Invesco is not affiliated with Greenwald Research. Invesco Advisors, Inc. is an investment advisor that provides investment advisory and does not sell securities. Invesco Distributors, Inc. is the U.S. distributor for Invesco's retail products and private placements. Both are indirect wholly owned subsidiaries of Invesco Limited. Well, th Sandy, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. I'm delighted to be here. All right. Uh, we're talking about kind of reframing the aging uh, debate, but the, the thoughts around aging. And, and look, I, I was 21 at one point and we all had that thoughts like, you know, first of all, I'm never going to get old. Um, and hello, here I am 30 plus years later. I've gotten older, but I've gotten wiser. What do you tell maybe the, the younger generation? Um, and I think that they Look, I, I don't think that's disrespectful. I think that they're just trying to make their way in the world and learn learn about the world. But what do you tell them about their elders and, and aging? What do they need to take away from everything that we're going through today? Well, one important thing I think is as the limitations of what older people can do start to fade away, I think that should be liberating for younger people to see like, oh, it's okay if I don't have everything figured out by the time I'm 25. It's okay if I haven't gotten the house and 2.5 kids by the time I'm 30. Like there's time and and we no longer have to be like mandatory retirement at 65 or something like this. People can reinvent themselves as they go and that should be liberating. Like I'm a graduate student right now. I'm gonna have my master's degree next year. And if you would have asked me in my 20s if that would have happened, I would have, I never would have believed it. But here in my early 50s, it looks like, cool, why not? So I think that hopefully would be liberating for younger people to just feel a little less pressure about having to like achieve everything and have it all figured out. And again, as we see more examples around us, I think then that kind of becomes its own beacon, if you will, like, oh, well, she's doing it and this guy's doing it. Okay, it doesn't mean I have to kind of hang it up and be done in my in my 60s or 70s. Yeah, and, and look, we've always been told don't benchmark yourself against other people. Everyone's an individual. They have different circumstances, but it, it is hard when you're, you know, your, your buddy, your friend is telling stories about how they have two kids and the picket fence and all that kind of stuff. And, and I get it. You want to keep up with the Joneses. Uh, let me, let me ask you about um, education. And uh, you talked about your own career path and, and going back to school, getting a graduate degree um, in, in another area. Uh, but, We've done sh done shows recently about people going back to school. There are a lot of people 
older people going back for something that to learn something that maybe was not even aligned with their career path? I think it's really exciting. So I'm in a master's of public health program right now. My bachelor's degree is in English. I've been a journalist my whole career. And now I write about health. So I wanted to have that background. There's students in my program who are baby boomers. There's all ranges. I mean, there's kids who are in their 20s, not kids, sorry, young adults who are in their 20s. And, and then folks of all ages. So I love that because why not? Like if you have the interest and the means, why not continue your education? And by the way, it doesn't just have to be in something formal like a graduate program. I mean, you might learn woodworking or ballet or how to repair bicycles or we can follow our interests. And this is so good for healthy aging because it really keeps our brains sharp. Learning dancing. I mean, honestly, anything new that we learn is forming new synaptic connections in the brain. And that's keeping your brain really vital. And your brain is running the show, right? So that's keeping you really vital. That's actually a really, really good point. Your brain is running the show. Uh, Sandy, I want to ask you last question about staying at home. And you talk about the ageism. And, and early on in our first segment, we talked about you know the community, the retirement community, more and more Americans now staying in their home. Could we see a resurgence of having families live together? I know that tends to happen in other cultures. And now Americans are spread to the four winds, right? I mean, we're all around the country. You don't always stay in the area where you grow up, but could we see because of financial need, but also, look, it's just nice to be around grandma and grandpa. I wish I could have my grandparents live, you know, they're no longer living, but I wish I could live around them. So could aging in place really lead to a resurgence in, 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 in a new look and refresh look and how we, how we look at aging? I think that would be a brilliant benefit of the tendency of the older generation to stay where they are and not sell their homes. You know, people have been like, oh, that's why we have a housing shortage. But I think this could be a really beautiful benefit of that circumstance. Let's have the families live together again. Why should we sort of abscond the wisdom of our elders into a place that you maybe visit once a week when you could have it right there at home. Oh, and you know, I heard something years ago. Now I can't remember what species. Is it whales or dolphins? Anyway, there's some species that lives a long time past the reproductive years. And scientists have determined that this is because they're super valuable in raising the younger generation. And that's a benefit we've been kind of leaving on the table in this country. And I think it would be great if the aging in place would lead to more families staying together. We could benefit from that wisdom. We could benefit from their help. And then we could be there to benefit them. Another thing is multi-generational friendships has a really positive effect on aging for both the younger people and the older people. So we could have those multi-generational relationships like right in our own home. Yeah, really, really great conversation and, and really important. A lot's changing. And I, th I think we're going to see uh, along with the better healthcare and longevity, we're going to see a reframing of, of how we view age. Sandy, we're going to have to leave it there. Always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you so much. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN Weekly. We'll be breaking down the markets with Jane King from the NASDAQ, and then we'll be taking a look back 
in some of our best segments for the week. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.